Greetings and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, author, coach, and healer, Andy Grant. You can learn more about me by visiting theandygrant.com. Real Men Feel is here to remind men that they are human beings and they have the right to experience and express all of their emotions. We have conversations that most men aren't having, but that all men can benefit from. Now, before we get going today, I want to warn everyone that we will be discussing suicide attempts. If you are in crisis right now, don't listen, get help. Text or call 988 in the United States. There is help available 24 hours a day. For other countries, please visit findahelpline.com for options near you. So again, text or call 988 or visit findahelpline, all one word, .com. The goal of this episode is that our shared experiences as suicide attempt survivors offers hope and encouragement to others, perhaps to you, and raises awareness about the importance of mental health and suicide prevention. The World Health Organization estimates that 800,000 people die by suicide each year, and that number is surely an underreported number. In 2020 alone, it is estimated that 1.2 million people made an attempt to end their life. What isn't talked about enough, in my mind, is that millions of people go on to live full, healthy lives after making an attempt. My guest today is Herbie Mack. Herbie was born and raised in the South Bronx of New York, where he saw drug abuse and gang violence and experienced family trauma that caused him depression as a child, teenager, and adult. This led Herbie to become a functional alcoholic for over 11 years due to an inability to express his emotions effectively. Herbie was unaware of the signs of suicide ideation, which led him to attempting suicide multiple times. After his last attempt and years of healing, he decided not to keep his suicide attempts to himself. Herbie is now using his story and experience to advocate for suicide prevention awareness, teach the signs of suicide ideation, and normalizing asking for help. Welcome to Real Men Feel, Herbie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Andy. And I really want to take a moment to uh, appreciate and give respect for the fact that we are both alive. We both tried to make that not be true. <laughs> um, I often joke about when I tell my stories that I was I was a slow learner and it took me multiple you know, so-called failed attempts to realize, all right, maybe I'm supposed to be here. Maybe I'm supposed to be alive. So I, I wonder, was that was that any part of your thinking? Why why you kept making attempts? Did you like what? Why multiple? I was hurt. I was hurt uh, during my 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 journey. I was going through so many emotions, and as a man, they never really trained me how to express those emotions. Right? Only way to express it if you you know drink or if you you know do something extreme like exercising like way too much or just not even talking about your feelings. So during this time I was hurting. I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to act like a human. It was more like a robot. And I was just feeling numb. And I just wanted the pain to end. So it was, in your experience, primarily an emotional pain? Was there physical pain as well? Like what what was your experience of, of that you're trying to end? The emotional. Yeah. Yeah. More emotional just the things of of not experiencing love right from from people that I that I look up to uh, and I didn't know how to love myself I'm looking for love in, the, in all the wrong places and not having that moment to love myself I was just like what what am I doing here and before we get too further I I want to ask you and 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 this if this is different then and now uh, please make it clear but 
how how do you define a suicide attempt? How do I define it? A sign for help. That's it. <laughs> when when I was when I was in my teens and twenties and making multiple attempts, I I only counted it like I had made an attempt if I ended up in the hospital. Ah. Like, like if I try if I if no one found me if I didn't like hurt myself enough to matter I didn't even count that. So that, yeah. I get that's kind of what I'm at. Like what what no, no. You, oh, what, so... what did you have to do to consider yourself that like wow I made an attempt on my life what 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 was there a a barrier to cross to make that true for you at all? Yes, it was it was multiple barriers. Yeah. Um, in my in my journey, I I every attempt I I tried I counted, and that was just trying to do the extreme to make the pain end. Right. Uh, I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but doing the extreme to just say, I want this hurt to end. I want to stop feeling empty inside. I want to stop feeling not love and not loving myself. I just want, I just want it to stop. Yeah. That's, that's my experience too. And a lot of people I talk to, I didn't necessarily want to die. I wanted what I was experiencing to stop. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes, for sure. Uh, if you want, I can give um, my story if that, that's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share share what you want to share right now. That'd sure, sure. I appreciate it. So I'm just going to give a trigger warning for those. Um, waking up to the sound of someone banging at my door. As I open the door, I realize it's my ex-girlfriend. She's like, Herbie, why do you look like that? Why do you smell like that? Hello, are you going to answer me? The whole time I'm trying to decide if I should tell her the truth because every male told me I can't be weak. I can't be vulnerable. I have to man up. And she uttered these words, I love you, I'm here for you. So I decided to tell the truth. This is the third day in a row I attempted suicide. And honestly, it would have been a fourth if you didn't come knocking. Instantly, she starts crying. She hands me her phone and tells me to call the suicide prevention lifeline number. So I did. As I'm on the phone, I'm speaking to the counselor. She says, sir, on a scale of one through 10, how do you feel today? As I replied, negative 10, to be honest with you, this is the first time in my life I don't trust myself by myself. So she recommended I check myself into a behavior health center. So I did. As I'm there, I'm getting evaluated by a couple of nurses. And one of the male nurses stopped me and said, look, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but I've been doing this for years. You don't belong here. God's going to use you to share your story and touch other lives. At the moment, I had no idea what he was talking about, to be honest with you. I just wanted my pillow, my blanket, and cry. No one thinks about attempting suicide, let alone being in a place like this. A few moments pass by. I'm getting evaluated by the psychiatrist. He just glances at my file and says, take this. But something said, Herbie, this doesn't feel right. Speak up. This doesn't feel right. So I did. Take what? What am I taking this for? He glances at my file and says, oh, you're from the Bronx. So I know people from the Bronx have a low IQ and can't really read or write that well. I just want to put this out there. When people throw labels at you, please tell them labels are made for jars, not people. Since he didn't want to communicate with me nor care to I went right back to that same male nurse and said look man I don't trust that guy is there anything that I can do that empower my mental health and he said yeah try journaling I'm gonna give you a, a notepad and a pen oh well a pencil so I'm journaling and uh, realizing the trigger of my depression was my parents for the fact that they didn't teach me how to love myself here I am dating someone else hoping that they could teach me how to love myself it sounds ridiculous every time I think about it. As I kept journaling, I realized I was a functional alcoholic. Here I am drinking to 
numb my pain instead of understanding my pain. A few days pass by. I have to see another psychiatrist. She's like, Herbie, why are you not taking a prescription we provide for you? We, we believe you're bipolar one. And I was like, oh, it's the first time I heard it. The first psychiatrist never said anything, just told me to take this. So she gives me a couple of tests. And I, after an hour or two, I pass everything. She's like, okay, everything's fine. You don't seem like you have bipolar. You just seem like you're depressed. So do me a favor. I'm going to release you, but you have to go seek therapy. Andy, I'm going to be honest with you. I was broke. So therapy, I was like, I can't afford. So after I got home, I typed in how to love yourself on Google. Discovered something called positive affirmations. Never heard of it a day in my life. But since I was in dire needs, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be extreme with it. I put sticky notes everywhere from the mirror to the bathroom, to my bedroom, to my refrigerator, to even in my car. A few days passed by. Some of my friends found out that I was having suicidal ideation and I attempted. So they wanted to cheer me up by taking me out since my nickname was anything possible for the fact that I love Hennessy so much. But I discovered something called boundaries. Look, bro, I love you, but I can't go out with you because when I start drinking, I turn into that incredible Hulk and I can't control that man. They didn't get it, but they respect it. So I kept journaling. And as I started journaling, I discovered something called forgiveness. You see, I had to forgive my parents for not teaching me how to love myself due to the fact of they lost a daughter who died of brain cancer. I lost a sister who died of brain cancer. So they was depressed. Then I had to forgive myself for trying to damage my body and trying to end my life because I was depressed. Then I also started doing something I'd never done before. I looked in the mirror, started telling myself, you are love, you are smart, you can change the world, only if you just believe. So I got the first marker I found and I wrote on my mirror as big as I can, just believe. For those who are ever wondering about that ex-girlfriend that came knocking on my door, she's now my wife. She blessed me with two amazing kids. You see, I share this story every time because I personally went from hopelessness to happiness. During this journey, I know it's very challenging and it can be difficult, but I just want to provide hope for others. Thank you for allowing just me to share a little part of my story. Awesome. And and thank you for your bravery and willingness to do so. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that the way we prevent suicide is by talking about suicide. Because So my attempts were, began in my early teens. And the only place I heard anyone else talk about feeling suicidal was in a mental hospital, which made it seem even crazier that I'm just, you know, nobody thinks this way. And unfortunately, most people have the thoughts, right? And something I learned early on was that, you know, well, it's just a thought and a thought can be changed and it can take effort. That's why positive affirmations work in my experience. It gives you a new thought to focus on and repeat. And even if you keep coming back to a shitty old thought time and time again, it just means you're so used to it. So take that, make that effort. But yeah, I've written two books on affirmations and, and I love them too because they, yeah, they're free. You yes. Can, you, everyone, you can have a mirror and doing them with mirror work. I, I remember when I first started, like, ah, oh, I think it was like 2006. And I tried to like, I couldn't even hold eye contact with myself in a mirror. I, I was so disgusted with, with myself. And yeah, d discovering self-love, like, like, what does that mean? That, 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 that were foreign words to me. So right there with you, man. Um, and, and the forgiveness aspect too. So my attempts were spread over multiple years 
And I remember I did this holotropic breathwork experience where you kind of really go into this altered state and this inner wisdom and healer takes over. And I was bawling and sobbing at the beauty of life and that I tried to throw it away. And, and after it, I, it was the first time I realized like, wow, I've survived attempted murder. And it was from me. So I, again, that forgiveness you talk about is, is so key. And I don't hear it get talked about enough. So you know, one of the first things I find uh, most beneficial, if you've made an attempt to end your life and you're alive, first, like, forgive yourself for, for whatever brought you there. Forgive yourself for that decision and be grateful that you survived it. And you know, I, I've met some people that made an attempt. It didn't work. And they're like, oh. You know, they see the light and praise God, I'm alive. And, and they never really met they're on the path. They're like, they feel good from then on. But some of you're saying you did three days in a row. So uh, you didn't it, have that experience of like, yep, didn't work. That means I'm supposed, and I was the same way. I, again, I, I was this really, I was good in school, but I was uh, stupid as hell when it came to life. Yeah. Um, I, I kept having to test it and like, am I really supposed to be here? Am I really supposed to be here? And, and finally, for me, it wasn't until I had, I had tried to kill myself using a means that had already not worked. So I'm doing the same thing over uh, the definition of insanity, right? I'm doing the same thing over expecting a different result. And I find like, there's gotta be a reason. Like I, so for, for me, I found out, and, and I know you got there too, being of service, somehow sharing your pain makes your pain better and can help others as well. Yeah. You know, for myself, uh, I, man, there was so much that you, you talked about. Um, for myself, the forgiveness part was the hardest thing, right? I I didn't know how to forgive. Not to say I'm a bitter person. It was just like the expectations that you have as a kid. It's like, man, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to go do, achieve all these dreams and expectations are so high. I'm going to reach it all by the age of like 25. And then when you turn 25, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Life is a way harder than what I thought it would be. And I had to learn, like, what does that look like? And every day I, I struggle with it. I struggle with it for for a minimum of three years. And then one day I got inspired. I got a picture of myself. It's in my office. I'm like three years old. And I had to write a letter, a letter to forgive that three-year-old, right? Like, hey, I'm sorry for everything that you've been through. I'm sorry that you didn't receive the love that you wanted to as a child. I'm sorry for everything. And if you feel like nobody was there, I apologize for that. And I read that letter. And I sat on that letter probably, you know, two to six months. And then I went back into like that kid mindset. And I wrote a letter saying, thank you. And thank you for, for being there now. And all, it, all in that letter was just allow me to forgive everything that I had experienced. Allow me to forgive the journey that I went through. And then that thank you letter was saying, thank you for being there now. We're going to grow up to be the man that we can be and we will be. And we could do it together. And that just helped me so much. And I I didn't want to share my story, um, not because I'm embarrassed or anything like that. I don't want to share my story just due to the fact of, you know, it's something taboo. We don't, we don't talk about it. You know, in my community, in the Black community, we don't talk about attempts. We don't talk about mental health. You say you want to end your life, then they dub you as, as you said, crazy, quote unquote. And I didn't know, I was like, man, I don't want anybody to, to, to pick on me. Yeah. Right. Cause mentally, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from a temp and I don't know if I'm strong enough to, to, to take on that. 
And after the experience of, of dealing with that, that psychiatrist who is no longer in the field, thank, thankfully he had his um, license revoked. Um, I really just sat there and I was just like, you know what? Let me just go and Google and just look at the numbers of attempts. How many people actually survive? And then when I saw the, the, the sad numbers of how many people die every year, I, I got to help. I got to say something just because I can potentially save one person. Maybe they might just say, oh, wait, there's hope. And that's when I started sharing my stories. Once I went and I saw the numbers, I was just like, oh, my, like, this is this is a real thing. I didn't know that, you know. Yeah, I'm always amazed that often a suicide attempt, I've heard it called, it, it, it's a cry for help. And it's it's said, I've heard that used like as a rather divisive term, like, ah, oh, it's just a cry for help. Yet, if if a building's on fire, and I'm, fire, fire, that's a cry for help. And people pay attention to that. They don't make, ah, it's just fire. But but for somehow, a suicide is, is again, there's this all this stigma and shame built into it. And, and I've always thought that it, there's kind of, you know, we're, we're all one energy and whatever religion you're part of, most people recognize that there's some sort of, there's a sense of oneness. And I, there's this, there's this soul level bond that we're all in this together. And somehow one person opting out intentionally trying to end their life. I think it just disrupts us so much. It's beyond words. Even it's a sense of like, wait a minute, you, you, you can't do that. We're, we're, we're in this together. We're supposed to, you know, we're on the same team. What, what's happening. And, and I always thought that kind of how suicide can seem to like spread through a community it it's that seeing someone take that action it almost like makes everyone go inside and go well if if they went that dark am i that dark as well like am i just one bad circumstance away from doing that myself and again what i think is so important to talk about it because the more you talk about it you more realize oh you feel that same way oh you feel that same way. oh you you went through this last year like oh we are all together all right but it's when when we get isolated and withdrawn only to ourselves that's when that's when we're at our weakest yes exactly it's one of the things that i want to normalize the conversation let's break the stigma right if it's a cry i think people look at it like oh it's a cry for help because they can't see it like as you said in the example of the house burning or the building burning, people can see it. So they're like, oh, let's help, let's help. But they can't see it because it's a mental thing, right? It's mentally, it's not something that's displayed. Like if I break my arm, you can see that. But you can't see that on the inside, I'm broken or I feel broken or I have a broken heart or I feel like I'm worthy. Oh, not worthy, but I'm, I have hopelessness, right? And that people don't get. And it's like, oh, well, I'm having a bad day too. And it's like, it's not a bad day that I'm having. I'm having a moment where I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to tomorrow. And some people may be overwhelmed by that. Yeah. You know, anyone like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? You know, and they may walk away. Some people may call 911. And I, and I think if we normalize it, we can actually teach others, hey, there's a simple number that you can call, 988. If you're uncomfortable, they have a text line as well. You can text it out. So just just doing that, I can see it a lot, especially ever since the the whole world changes since 2020. Now people understand when someone is struggling mentally, like, oh man, I'm on lockdown, I can't leave the house, and it's like that's how we feel mentally. Mm. Please help us understand and where to go and whatnot. Do you think if 
if what you did after your last attempt to make that your last attempt, could you have done those things earlier or did you need the multiple attempts like I did to get to make it something sink in for you? I needed I needed the last attempt. I needed that. Because that last attempt uh I that last attempt I needed that to experience what I'm capable of. Right. I I'd always thought that, yeah, I'm a smart guy. You know, I can I can handle everything. But I always thought that I didn't have the strength to to heal. I needed that. I actually needed that that psychiatrist, to be honest with, with you. He was like, you know, if I was Batman, he was like my joker. Uh I volunteered myself in that in that place. And, you know, when you volunteer, you know, 72 hours you're supposed to be there. And he had kept me for five days because I refused to take whatever he provided for me. And, and, and that gave me a voice like, Oh man, I, my whole life, I never realized I had a voice to stand up for myself in that type of setting. It was, a, it was a switch, you know, it was like, wait, I came here for help. I'm, 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 I need a service. This guy is not providing my service. Like very similar. If we go to, the restaurant, or if you go get a car and you, you know, you have to go get an oil change, you provide, you know, they provide a service and he wasn't doing that. And I just had enough courage to stand up and say, I'm going to, I'm going to stand my ground. If you're not going to help me, then I'm going to figure this out. I have resources in this hospital. Let me use them as much as I can so I could build up me. Why? Now I understand why I was hurting, right? The, if I would have did it early, I, I don't think I would have understand. It was a whole like different mindset. It was just a, 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 I hate to say it, like a switch that just happened. And I'm thankful for it though, because it became, I became the man that I am today. So how long has it been since your last attempt? Ooh, seven years, baby. Cool. Cool. <laughs> seven years going on eight. I, I could say that, uh, I could say that with a smile now. Cool. And I've often tell people that if you've ever seriously contemplated suicide, that that thought is always looking for another moment of weakness. It will it will show up again. But so do do have those thoughts returned for you? No, I created a, a wellness plan. Right, you know my wife. She knows me. We've been knowing each other since teenagers, so she knows me very well. I have a plan that I do things to to monitor my mental health. So she knows like the the other night she noticed that I've been off lately. You know, work, managing, you know how it is, trying to figure everything out, doing doing the dad life husband. I'm just I'm just not balanced. And we sat down and she was like, Hey, everything's good. I noticed this and that. You know, let's pretty much review your wellness plan. And I was just like, Yeah, hey, you know, I'm just unbalanced. I'm working way too much. Uh it's like this, it's leaning. Let's figure out how can I take the pressure off and get back to being who I am. And once I did that, it, you know, we cleared it all up and now I'm back to normal. So I just have a wellness plan that I always keep with. I change it sometimes month to month based off my schedule, but yeah, that helps out so much. Cool. I wonder, are there any specifics you might recommend of ways to keep um, hope and healing alive for you? Yeah. So in the wellness plan, I have certain days I reach out to my support system. Right. I have multiple people that that is in my support system because there's multiple settings. Uh, for example, I have my sister. We talk about 
the parenting life, the the marriage life. Then I have my my brother. We would talk about not only parenting but like sports and whatnot. And then I have other people that I just like my mom. I can just talk to and just try to work on that relationship that we never had. Um, so I would use that on certain days, like you know Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, and maybe Saturday. So I reach out to a support system. Then also I reach out to, um, for myself, exercising, right? Certain days I would exercise and something simple as walking around for 15 minutes, uh, journaling, but I have two young kids. So the journaling part doesn't happen, but I use my phone and I do the voice note. So that's my journaling. And then at night, based off of the time I do it, I listen to it and reflect. So I have things planned out and then I have, like one day out of the week, whether it's a Saturday, I'll try something new, right? Because of the pattern, you can easily get bored. So I'll try something new. Hey, baby, let's go rollerblading. I don't know how to roller skate at all, but let's try it out, you know? Or, hey, let's go to the zoo or let's go to the beach. So I always do every month a change, but I have a, a where I have it customized. Kirby, what's the best part about being alive? being able to connect with others, showing them that they're not alone. During that time, I didn't, I didn't feel like I can connect with others. I feel like I could, I didn't know how to communicate with others. Now I feel like I do. I can understand. Um, and then also just being a dad, I never thought that was ever going to happen. Now I was like, you know, I have two, uh, you know, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And I'm just like, man, I think this is what life is about. You know, like, man, I'm teaching them my, for example, my five-year-old, you mentioned breathing techniques earlier. And I taught her breathing techniques for when she has her emotional swings. And now she's teaching it to, to her little brother. So <laughs> that is amazing. I don't think you can put a price on that, you know? What specifically might you recommend or, or give advice around for someone that has made an attempt, has survived, and and is alone? So the first thing I did um, after, and I'm glad you asked that. So after I left the place and I did all this positive affirmations, it's you still feel like where to, where to go. The first thing I did was I called the suicide hotline number. And I ask for recommendations. Hey, is there any support systems besides my friends that get it, right? Or is there anything that I can do? Uh, so I will always say, call call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline number or, you know, 988 and just ask them. Or you can just Google it, ask them, is there any local peer-to-peer -peer meetings? connect with people so you don't feel like you're by yourself. Sometimes if you, I feel like personally, after my attempt, my friends didn't understand. They couldn't, they couldn't relate. They couldn't relate. They didn't know. Hey, I I, I feel like this. They just looking at, as you said earlier, oh, he just needs some help. He'd be all right. Once I was able to connect with a couple of people, it, it felt great. But then even during that, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> and and any tips for someone that that finds a, a friend or loved one 
has has made an attempt. You're you're the first person on scene, and you see that something has happened. What 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 would you recommend they do? I would recommend them to stay there by their side, talk to them. Don't talk down at them. Don't talk over them. Just talk to them. meet them where they're at, and just ask them, "Hey, if you need some help, I'm here to guide you." You don't have to have all the answers, but use some resources, whether it's in your community or whether you use the the number 988 to help you out. You don't have to be their therapist, but just be there to support them and just let them know, I hear you. I can't resonate, but how can I assist you? You know, in, in preparation of our conversation, I really sat down and thought like, what all this lived experience, how can I succinctly put it into something? And so I, I made a list of, of seven items and I, I feel like we've hit all of them, but I just want to go through them and, and make sure. But first was, you know, so again, I've survived an attempt on my life. What do I do? And first seek help. And it could be the the hotline. It could be calling a friend. It could be answering the door when your girlfriend's banging on it, right? What, whatever it is, but get help. Um, the second was practice self-care, which as you said, self-love. We, we, if we don't love ourselves, there's nothing someone else can do to fill that hole. That's what it, that took me probably decades to really fully get and own that. Like nobody is responsible for making us happy except us. Yeah. So, and it's, it can be scary. Like I used to, I used to shun responsibility because I thought responsibility meant blame. But when I can claim, no, I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for my joy. That, that gives me freedom now, but I never thought it did. You know, my, my mind tell me that doesn't make sense, but my experience of it does make sense. So do you find anything like that to be true for you? Oh, yes, for sure. You know, I I just want to chime in. You said ask for help. You know what helped me out with that? Because I was always told, like, if you ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. So now I reframe my 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 mindset. Let me use my resource. Right? It's essentially the same thing. But when I say let me use my resource, it seems more positive, right? We all have resources. Andy, if you, if I know I need a ride across town and I can't make it because my car broke down, I'm going to call you. Hey, let me call Andy, right? That is a resource that I'm using. Is it not the, essentially the same thing, asking for help? So once I was able to to reframe my mind and stop saying, oh, this is a sign of weaknesses. No, let me use my resource because it's a sign of strength. That means I, I have not only a good support system, but I have someone that I can rely on that has my back. Yeah, yeah I often say, the bravest thing you can do is ask for help. So like the weakest thing we can do is not do something because we're afraid of what other people think about it. Like that, that's <laughs> weakness. But strength is like, you know, I don't care what anyone might say. Because again, it's all our negative self-talk. Like I've never had someone come up to me and go, wow, Andy, you're weak. You tried to die. That's never happened in my life. But it happened a lot in my head. So the third item I had was, was find hope, which has been mentioned throughout this. You know, in, in your children, in your relationship, and in, in your own uh, forgiveness and loving of yourself, there, there's I think this hope is just automatically built into all those things. And the fourth thing I had written down was connect with others, which again you mentioned having that support network, friends, trusted people. Um, it, can, it can be strangers, it can be peers. Well, like, but there's it's all out there. Which when we're alone in our own darkness, we don't think any of these things are possible, but but they are. Um, the fifth was get involved in meaningful activities. You know. Again, we're responsible for finding the purpose and meaning in our lives. Like, I don't believe none of us here by accident. You're not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. 
Um, we can feel hopeless and helpless, but we truly aren't ever. Right? Um, in other words, was be kind to yourself. Like you talked about a switch being hit, but again, for both of us, it took multiple times for that switch to stay <laughs> off or on, however we want to look at it. Yes. But uh, and and now he's recommend you know look out for that negative self talk. Journaling has been a great tool for me as well, but also celebrate every bit of success. Like the those first few days after an attempt, like the the first time, the first time I realized I was going through like hard circumstances and I didn't just want to die. I was like, hey. I, I'm I'm growing. Wow, you know, so celebrate. Just the the fact. I remember I was a full fledged adult before I got that beauty could make me cry. Like I look at a sunrise and people would or beauty or artwork. People would say, "Oh, I'm moved to tears." I'm like, really? I thought tears <laughs> just meant I was depressed. I thought tears meant suicide. How can you? How can there be positive tears? How can but, you? Yes. How can you cry of, of joy? Yeah, yeah. So I finally experienced that. I was think I was 32 before I. Wow, I'm crying and I'm not sad. This this is great, you know. So, and there's a celebration of discovering that that I'm wrong. I, I used to believe that life sucks, then you die. And every experience that proves that to be false, I'm like, oh, thank God I was wrong. And and the final thing is re recovery takes time. So again, we talk about the switch, and when you get it, it seems like that, but that that overnight success of enjoying your life doesn't happen overnight. Yes. I, I'm glad you said that. I, I just want to chime in on that. The best thing that that for myself was to get off of social media. Right. Now we in the, the era of you know people going viral and they seem like success overnight. I had to get off of social media and just do some healing. Right. Things was the the time I felt overwhelmed, I bought a coloring book and sat down and just started coloring. Right. Let me just focus on this. I don't want to think. I just want to just just zen out, <laughs> right? And and then when you said activities, I realized that the power of play helps. Sometimes we get so work, 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 and then you get overwhelmed. You're going down a rabbit hole at night that you shouldn't go down. And I started scheduling, playing basketball. I was good at it. I was really good at it. And I'm not doing that, right? But when I'm doing that, when I'm playing basketball or or any activity, you're not thinking about Man, you're not thinking about any stress. You're just reacting and having fun. Like yeah. the power of play. I, I you know, I want to be an advocate for that. I know we get older and we look at playing as a child's game, but I think as adults, we have to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love uh, amusement parks and roller coasters. And years ago, it hit me like in the front row roller coaster, like, woo. And I'm like, hey, I, when I was in line, I was depressed. How I, I can't worry about, I can't, I can't run the bullshit through my mind when I'm on in a thrill ride. Like it, there's nothing that puts me in the moment more than front row of a roller coaster. I can't sit there and go, mm, everything sucks. No. Yeah. It's just Especially so, when that dip happens. Oh no, yeah, you, got, you yeah. have to, you have to stand up and scream. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it just all kept proving to me like, all right, all these things that people try to medicate or say something's broken, that you're, you're chemically imbalanced, like, but it can't be true because circumstances change and my mood and my thoughts change as well. So for, for what that's worth. Um, but I always thought like, like, you know, uh, I'd love to take, you know, all, all the all the teenagers that are in some mental hospital. Hey, let's all go get on a roller coaster and see if that just changes your attitude yeah. for at least that one moment. And then, you know, oh, I can feel better if they never thought I, yes, they could. Yes, I actually have good feelings and not bad feelings. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So, so Herbie, I know you also have a podcast. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so I have the Just Believe show. The Just Believe show is something that I decided to 
normalize the conversations on mental health, right? Not only normalize, but provide certain resources for people. We are all different. Everyone heals different. And on that journey, I just was, I just took it upon myself to not only advocate about sharing my attempts or sharing things that work for me, but also having what I like to call the pros, because there's a stigma of going to seek therapy, going to go see a psychiatrist. You feel like, oh, they're going to put some sort of like magic trick. And they're, they're not like that. I have, I'm blessed. I would say that first, but I have a, a good amount of friends that are psychiatrists, counselors, social workers. And just to have those that relationship, I want people to to normalize seeking therapy. I don't want you to say, oh, I'm going to see a psychiatrist and I'm crazy. No, it's just sometimes you just need a non-biased opinion. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's starting back up in March and I'm excited. I took, a, I took a break. I always tell people when it comes to mental health, sometimes you have to do what's best for you and put on your own oxygen mask. And life was overwhelming. The new dad was 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 kicking my tail. <laughs> That's the nicest way I'm going to say it. Uh, but now, as I mentioned earlier, I feel balanced. So we're getting back on track with that. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Herbie, is there anything else you'd like to share or a resource, a bit of experience, anything? Uh, no, no, I I think we nailed a lot of it, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I really want to, to, to ask you a couple of questions. Is, is that okay with you? Sure. I know this is your show and people probably just like, give out all their information, but I, I want to know how was it for you on the road of recovery after your last attempt? It was bumpy. Um, it, let's see. I always felt this distorted sense of relief after an attempt. And it took me a long time to not realize that, that, that relief was that I, I sought help. Like for me, when I, when I was not willing to disclose how painful I felt, how much how much darkness was inside of me, making an attempt was at least an action, and there was a relief. Like I've always felt better after it. But again, it took me this slow learning thing. I'd like, wait a minute, can I skip the attempt and just get help? And then when I was like 22 years old, I put myself into a mental hospital for just a long weekend because I wanted to die. But I, I, that was the first time I didn't make an attempt. I went straight to professional help. And I was like, oh, they're talking about celebrating little things. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like an adult. I've grown up. This is amazing. Um, but, but still like uh, that, that was after college. You know, I, I would go up and down. I would get help. I would, I would think I was fine and invincible and stop the support. And then life would kind of catch up and, and I'd be back down eventually. Like I would, I would go years uh, doing great. And even when I started, you know, I, I, I wrote books and I started speaking and, and I, I've already said it today. Like if you've ever seriously thought about suicide, that thought will always be there. So when it came back for me, I, st I forget that. Like I, I, I'm supposed to know better. I should have seen this coming. So I get silent. The shame starts again. And I, I, I call, I go dark. I stop doing the things that feel good. I stop helping other people. I just focus on everything that sucks. And the more you focus on what sucks, all you see is what sucks. That's it. So again, I've had to relearn my lessons multiple times. Um, and that's okay. That's like nothing wrong with that. It didn't mean they were wrong. It just meant I needed to learn them again. Right. And it's never was the repeating that I did was never the exact same thing. It was, you know, you know, deeper levels. Cause again, as, as you, I, I have trauma going back to, to, to birth. Um, some of it, I didn't, I did not remember till I was in my twenties. 
So there's always more of the layer to, to unpack and there's more to be healed. There's more to bring out of the dark and into the light and all those all those <laughs> sayings that I used to think were such nonsense until I experienced them like, oh yeah, there's truth to that thing. And yeah, I got to love myself more and positive affirmations more and mirror work and meditation and exercise and sharing what's going on for people. And um, yeah, the, the more authentic and honest and for me public I can be, it helps me and it helps others. Hey. So well, there's a, I, I I just want to let you know I'm glad that you're still here. Yeah, I I, I am too. Um, and I wasn't always like I after some oh, attempts I, it, I was yeah. I've, I've had that I'm pissed this did not work. I remember being furious. Um, and that's okay. Like I was I was so sure that that I was right about everything sucking. I was I was resistant to letting that that worldview go. No, oh yeah, for sure. The the same thing. It's it's like a roller coaster of emotions yeah. i was extremely angry after you know my after my my second attempt i was like man i'm still like i was so frustrated and then even with the third one i was angry and to be honest like i don't even know why like she came over it, she had no reason i i don't know how but she was there and during that i was just like so pissed and once i was in a behavior health center once I was journaling, I was just like, okay. I started journaling out of anger. And then the anger went to, oh my goodness, I'm crying. <laughs> oh my goodness. I it, What is going on? Like I want to drink, right? Because I'm triggered and, and drinking supposed to help calm me down. And from there, I don't know. I just, I was just, I was just more accepting to the universe like okay things happen for a reason you always hear that saying and i was just like well what is the reason what is the reason and then when i got attacked by the psychiatrist i was running it and i was just like i think this is the reason to to find a voice but not only find a voice hey you're a healer you probably didn't know you're a healer start sharing your stories and just very similar to you like you know once the speaking opportunities happen and i'm on stage and you know you have people Hey, thank you. Your story was great. Hey, can I reach out to you? How can I find you? And you, you know, one of the stories I, I, at one of the events I was at, I shared my story, and I had a mom, uh, just randomly cried, and was like, "Thank you." You know, my my daughter is in the audience, and she had attempt, and I didn't know how to tell her. I didn't know how to like. I didn't know what to do. But your story navigated like. The, the the points that you said, the seven points. And then not only that, the daughter realized there was hope. And she's like, you know, like, how could I like repay you and all that? And I was just like, just just be there for her and just acknowledge her. And that's it. And it's just like, you know, grown man crying. Like, okay, I think I found it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you, you said earlier too, like, oh, if, as long as I can help one person, if I save one life, it's worth it. And I'll never forget, I still clearly remember it. the first time a stranger came up to me and said that I saved their life. And I was like, you, you must be mistaken. This can't be. You know, I wanted to resist that. Like that. <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah. Not me. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's and I'm I'm blessed. Like I've I've lost count of how many times that's happened. And again, it's that a blessing. just confirms. Right. It is a blessing. Yes. And and even our negative experiences, when you can take responsibility for what to do after them, with them, that's empowering. Yes. Yes. See, I'm so glad we, we got connected. <laughs> yeah. And again, we're going to, we're going to talk again and more often and 
you know, uh, but until then, uh, Herbie, what's the best way for people to, to learn more about you, to, to connect with you? Just go to HerbieMac.com. From there, you can connect with me. If you want, I'm on social media at, and it's pretty easy to find me, at Herbie Mac. <laughs> so I'm on social media. If you put in Herbie Mac, you'll find me. Cool. So I really want to thank you for your time, for your authenticity, for your sharing, Herbie. Um, everyone listening to us, I thank you. I, I, I thank you for being here. I thank you for being alive. Really from the bottom of my heart. Um, every single one of you makes a bigger difference in the world than you realize. Please visit realmenfeel.org to see the blog post for this episode. We'll have links to any of the resources discussed. Uh, more of the things we're sharing will be there in text if that helps you out. Um, wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, subscribe, like, comment, share this with someone that you think needs a little bit of uh, hope, inspiration right now. You can always reach out to me at realmenfeel at gmail.com. I'm always glad to hear from you. And until next time, choose life.